Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is prayer and story time. Welcome to the Ark of the Covenant Ministry Prayer and Story Time, where we get the opportunity to present the man Christ Jesus, where some will receive him as Lord and Savior. Others will receive strength and hope. Others, direction and guidance. Well, we get an opportunity to present testimonies and stories, some laughter, even maybe a song. My name is Reverend Hill. I am here today with my anointed Holy Ghost field, precious, lovely, beautiful wife, Mrs. Hill, who has an anointed message from above. So I want you to situate yourselves, open your hearts and your minds to receive and to be blessed this beautiful, precious day that's part of the Independence Weekend. So, without any further ado, let us now open and receive what thus saith the Lord. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of our faithful friends and listeners. And welcome, welcome, welcome to you, all of our new listeners and our newcomers. Welcome to Ark of the Covenant Ministry with my husband, Reverend Derek Hill. And we are so happy and overjoyed in our hearts every day, as always, to have you all here. And we wish that you all would continue to come and be with us every day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, we're going to always say, God is good. Amen, amen, and amen. Today, we will be continuing our series on real-life stories. Storms come in many forms, and life has many storms. And we all know that this happens, and we know that... Uh, storms come in abortions, divorces, joblessness, violence, drugs, accidents, loneliness, sicknesses, depression, alcoholism, deaths, abuse, fears, pornography, rape, and trafficking. But my sisters and brothers, we also know that none of these things come from above, from our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. But we also know that we have an enemy called Satan. Yes, that's right, Satan, the devil and his angels. Those are our enemies, and they're out to just seek and destroy those whom they may devour. But aren't you so glad, aren't you so very glad that God sent his son Jesus? What a wonderful love. The greatest love of all is that a man, Christ Jesus, would come to earth. God himself, in human form, flesh and blood, he could feel, he could cry, and he could die just like you and I. But he came tenderly, graciously, glorifiedly, and he gave his life on Calvary's cross and shed his sinless, spotless blood where Jesus had never sinned a day in his life. And he took our filthy sins upon himself so that we may have salvation. You may say, salvation from what? What is salvation? Well, my sisters and brothers, salvation is a free gift from God. That's the only way I can explain it to you. That's how to explain it to you. It's a free gift. It's from God Almighty. It frees us from our sins, our sins that we deliberately do, our sins that are no good, our lies and cheating and stealing and roguing and robbing and raping and lying, everything that I just, divorces, accidents, sickness, everything that I just named that we know don't come from the Lord, that's what salvation it frees us from, not to mention the sins that we were born with in the world, as for one man said, which were Adam, sin passing along the world, and all men became sinners. Okay? So salvation, it frees us from our own sins, our own sins that we commit ourselves 
delivered, saints. Okay? So now we are going to pray for the whole world as we do every day. We don't want to miss nobody. We don't want to miss nothing. So we're going to pray for the world that God give us and send us a revival. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today in spirit and in truth with open minds and open hearts, Father. God, that's because we love you. Father God, we ask and we pray that you would break all occultic and dynamic spirits off of our lives right now, Father God. We ask you all over the world, Father God, that for those that are missing and those that are not missing, those that can hear and those that cannot hear, those that seek to watch my husband and I on Ark of the Covenant Ministries every morning, Father God, giving testimonies and the word of God questions and answers, Father God. We just want you to know that we love you, Father God, and we truly love your son Jesus for what he's done for us and has died for us. Father, we asking you, Father, that those that woke up this morning and morning, they've lost a loved one. Someone got some bad news and they're sick. Lord, we asking that you would drop every tear, wipe away every tear. God, send them the comfort that they need this day, Father God. We also asking, Father God, those that got new joy, somebody might have got engaged to be married. We know marriages are ordained by you. They may got the news they having a new baby, Father God. What a joy, Father God. Kids are heritage from God. They're a gift from God, Father God. They may just have some news that they got a new job, a new car, a new house, Father, but the greatest news in the world is the good news to know that they have salvation. We pray for salvation, Father God. God, we pray for a revival. We need change in our lives, Father God. We need change in our lives. And Father God, the only way that's going to happen is if you do it. You're the only man that ever walked the face of the earth that can send change in our lives, Lord. And that's if we want it, Father God. That's why we come to you praying and asking you this morning, Father God, in spirit and in truth. Father God, we just asking that you help us, Father, that you would shower us. Father, help us through the things that we're going through, Father God. God, help us to walk circumspectly in your way. Father, we just want to be like you. Father, no, we know that one day those of us that has trusted you, we put our lives in your hands, Father God. We glorify you, God. We lift you up with the highest of praise. Hallelujah. Because God is good. You are so gracious, Father. And we love you. We love you. And those of us that have not surrendered ourselves and given you our lives, Father God, we pray that today through our God of Covenant Ministries, Father God, that they will become saved peoples, Father God, that they will become sons and daughters of yours, Father God, that they will be bought, blood bought this day, Father God, into this family, adopted into this family, because, Father God, we belong to you. All creation, God, you spoke the world into existence. It does not belong to Satan. Get your hands off of us, Satan. Free us, Father God. Break every chain of bondage, Father God. God, we belong to you. Free us from all strongholds. Father God, back the devil up. Let him know that we belong to you. We are not his children. We are not children of darkness, but we are children of light. Father God, every word that comes from Pastor Derek Hill's mouth, Father God, let the world know, Father God, those that are listening, those that are watching, it's nothing of his own that he say, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, Father God, is what proceeds proceeded out of his mouth, the words that you give him to preach, the words that you give him to teach every day, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. Father God, we just love you, Father God, and God, I'm asking you to save the lives of those that need to be saved, and that's the world, that's all of us. Father God, those whose minds are blinded, eyes are blinded, and ears are deaf to hear the word of God, because that's the way Satan wants to keep them trapped. He got his foot on their backs and on the back of their necks, and he holds holding them down. He got his hands around their nose and mouth, and he's smothering so they can't hold out the word, Jesus, save me. God, that's all we hear from, Lord Jesus. You told us to go out and bring in the sheaves. Go out and compel them. You said go bring them in, Father God. You didn't say we had to go to college here, college there, college here, college here. Father God, you said all men ordained by and through the word of God to preach your word. Father God, constantly and continuously give my husband the strength. Constantly.
constantly keep his mind saturated that if he can't do nothing else, he can say, Jesus, and he can tell the world about you. Constantly give him the health and strength, Father God, to be able to sit up all over the world where people can hear and hear him preach a holy word. Help us to be able to continue to give the gospel. Help us to be able, when we go out places, we can tell people about your son, Jesus, Father God, because we're not ashamed to do it. Help us stay from under the footsteps of others and out of the trap and the holes of Satan, Father God. Keep us free so that we can pray your word and my husband can preach the word of the gospel of Jesus Christ to help those that are trapped to know you can be free today. And Father God, we also ask you, Father, that you would open up the minds of those that are listening this morning, Father God, and give them the clear understanding and their way of thinking, Father God, towards your holy word. Help them to understand that these testimonies are real, true life testimonies and stories of other people. They're not something that my husband and I made up, but this is a true manifestation of what your love is. And God, I'm asking every prayer warrior in the world, Father God, I'm asking in your son Jesus' name. Today, Father God, to free those that are trapped, Father God. God, we pray for our son and our daughter. Lord, we pray for our children. We say, back up, Satan. Get your hands off, because they belong to God. And I pray that for every family that's going through the things that my husband and I are going through right now. Let's all pray together. Let's take a stand in the strength. You cannot conquer and destroy what God has manifested himself through. Father God, let the world know. Where God is is where we are, but we belong to him, Lord. And let the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus Christ dwell through each and every person that have the hunger for you. And we just pray today, Father God, that those that don't have the strength to pray for themselves, let the prayers that my husband give through his holiness, through his voice, through his love for you, and through my holiness, and the voice and through my love for you, let your light so shine through us and to others that they may know that the manifestation of your power and your love and your blood was not done in vain. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, and God is good. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. That's enough right there. God is good. He is good. God is good. Hallelujah. Amen, baby. Yes, he is. Because he has certainly been good to us. He's been good to us. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. And I don't want none of you listeners, nobody, to be ashamed to ever give a testimony. Every day of our lives is a testimony. You know why? Because God us another day. We woke up this morning. We opened our eyes. Hallelujah. Give him the highest praise, everybody. Hallelujah. Amen. Because God is good. Today, our testimony is going to be from Patricia. Patricia titled her testimony, Forgiveness. Have you ever felt like your whole life was a waste? Like, why did God even bother making me anyway? Can you relate to feeling like a failure, well then grab an oil because we're in the same boat. I have been there, I have sincerely mean it, I have sincerely meant it when I tell you I know someone that has the answer to all of our wonders and questions. I would like to share with you something very powerful that the Lord did for me. When I was going through my mental issues that had plagued me for most of my life, I was not on any medication, and I was not surrounded by people who would encourage me to do so. All I had to cling to was the hope of Christ. I figured if he had made my brain, then he could fix it. During an evening service in worship, Jesus came to me and he said, Go up to the altar. Well, I hummed and hawed for a bit because no one else was up there and I was like I just heard God's voice is that what I heard so he gently nudged me and I went up there feeling kind of weird 
as it was a large church, but only about 10% of the members were in attendance that day. As I approached the altar, everyone disappeared on me. In my mind, that was. I was in the presence of God and God only. I just stood there looking up, and then I heard him ask me, Do you want to be healed? Yes. Then he said, Receive your healing from me, he reapplied. He applied. I raised up my hand. This is hard to describe. I felt like he reached into me and rearranged my DNA. I just stood there brawling and bawling and crying. For how long, I don't know what to tell you. I just did. When I went to walk away, there were people face down on the steps of the altar and all over the floor playing, praying and weeping. No one touched me during my time at the altar. Only Jesus did. Emotional problems do not have to be lifelong people. Things like you learn in the world that are not good and things that are good, we just have to learn how to deal with them. This stuff can be removed so completely that it's as if it was never there. The memories are still with you, but the yucky, yankee feelings attached to them are gone. What I learned after growing up, there was that I had responsibilities in my situation. I was literally rejecting my own self because I refused to acknowledge my past and the things that had happened to me in my past. Abuse and rejection, the shame and the feelings of hopelessness. These were constant things for me. What led up to this amazing encounter with God, I don't know. Allow me to share with you the ways that Jesus came into my life and changed me forever by healing my heart and showing me a love like I had never known before. The need of a Savior in my life. I did not have a healthy outlook on life. I was sick of being sick of everything. I tried to be happy and I tried to appreciate what I tried to appreciate what I did have in my life, but I was doing what I could on my own power, not God. So life was like a roller coaster and each day filled with struggles. I couldn't sort out. You see, the Lord will only help you in as much as you are willing to be helped. He never comes plowing through your life and forcing you to change. I've learned that. You have to ask. You have to cry out. True change, true change comes with willingness in your heart. God doesn't want us to just be a little bit healed. He wants us to be whole. It takes him to complete us. I lived a lifetime with rejection and never realizing that most of my actions were reactions to these emotions that I was having and putting out. One day while reading the book of Matthew, I found myself on the living room floor sobbing. Well, sure, he died, but I had never read it for myself. I only heard people say he died. What he went through, how he was tortured and beaten, humiliated and rejected, on and on, they hurt him. And it occurred to me that he would do all of it all again just for me and you. Wow. No one has ever loved me that much. Do you know what he whispered into my heart at that moment? I forgive you. I have forgiven you a long time ago. Now you need to forgive yourself. Most of us have a problem of repenting to God and asking those to forgive me that we have wronged, no matter what it was. No. My heart replied, I can't do that. I have too much evidence. I have too much evidence that says that I can't do that, that says I shouldn't do that. That proves I don't deserve it. You don't know, but he does know because he is about all of us. I can tell you he is patient. He was patient with me, and he will be patient with you. Now, as I look back, I can see what the Lord wanted to do in my life but I kept getting in the way. 
my flesh, the flesh that is stubborn and reluctant to change, all the while wanted to be different. Have you ever met anyone who changed and stayed the same? Most people start their story from the beginning and work up the and woke up to the presence. My testimony did not unfold that way. As I was ready, the Lord took me to the places I needed to go. I was really on a journey of forgiveness, going back into time. Jesus went at the door knocking, and fear kept me from opening the door. How silly is that to be afraid of the Lord? He was asking for something so terrifying to me that I nearly missed my blessing. He wanted me to go with him back to my past, back to the memory so painful to me that I had actually, on some level, created different personalities. These personalities were known to me, and each had names. I would call upon certain ones when I was in distress. Post-traumatic stress is what I was suffering from. As for severity, I had a mild case of severity. Only very stressful situations would bring this on me. I couldn't run anymore. I couldn't hide from what had happened to me. I couldn't pretend I wasn't me. Jesus wanted me to stand and fight, having done all to stand. And he promised to take my hand and walk with me the whole way, right by my side. I said yes. Yes, Lord, whatever you want, because I can't keep on this way running. I was finally ready to, com- to be completed and ready to completely surrender this area of my life to the Lord. It was amazing how fast things happened at this point. The weeks I was in prayer ministry were some of the hardest things I have ever had to do. You know, Jesus wouldn't ask to do something. He wouldn't also enable you to accomplish. Was I ready to forget myself? Was I ready to forgive myself? No, I wasn't. Tearing down the strongholds. I began by forgiving my first husband for committing suicide, killing himself and trying several times to kill me. He had succeeded in killing me. He would have also killed my five-year-old daughter who was in the bathtub at the time. This would have left my 10-year-old son an orphan. God gave me the grace to forgive him for his adulterous behavior all the time we were married for 10 years of our marriage and the six years we were dating before that he cheated on me. I was able to forgive him of the humiliation and the pain he caused me and for the time he beat and denied me medical treatment when I needed it, and of it, and all of it, forgive me, let me start over, all of it I forgave him because that was what Jesus wanted me to do in order to grow closer to God. My unforgiveness was a sin. People, do you know unforgiveness is a gross sin brought on our life? I was always able to let go of the guilt I felt, wondering if I could have done something to prevent his death, and why didn't I see this coming? After all, I lived with him. One of my biggest regrets in life is that after my husband died, I turned away from God. I had not been saved at this point. That came three years later. I had been in a Cadillac in a Catholic, forgive me, church. Forgive me. My sight is not very clear. I'm kind of teary-eyed this morning a little bit. You know. I have been in a Catholic church for many years, but never came to know the Savior of His saving grace of Jesus Christ. That was because I had religion. I didn't have a relationship with God, but I did have religion. I was angry a lot most of the time and alone. Family turned their backs, friends disappeared, and even the godly people in church would not talk to me anymore. But God had put something in my life and loved me. Someone I knew and un- 
that at the time of I had a lot of disappointments. I turned my heart and my I didn't care anymore because so much of my life been filled with I just couldn't deal with anything at all anymore. So I ran from God. I set out to destroy myself. I tried to dub my feelings with drugs and alcohol and relationships that went nowhere in life. Of course, none of that filled the void in my life. Down a spiral road all the whole life, I deluded myself that I was not strong enough to be strong for myself, that I would be okay. After all, this wasn't the first time I had to go at it alone. I ended up pregnant. The guy I was with wanted me to have an abortion. Fear had its point in my life completely taken over my life. I terminated my pregnancy. Oh, what have I done, I said to myself. The torment was also unbearable and unbelievable. Life really felt like hell on earth. Would I ever stop hearing the sound of vacuum, vacuums tearing the life from the inside of my body? The refresh, that refreshness of me to my mind, to my baby, as nothing more than just tissue. There is no reversal to this procedure. I had already killed and done it. When I left the clinic, there were other men, cowardly men, sitting in their cars waiting for their girlfriends to come out. I hated them, too, knowing that they had forced their wives or girlfriends to go tear a baby out of their life, a life that we cannot give, but a life that we took and destroyed. Surrounded by death and sadness, I had no hope. I vowed to never forgive myself for this. In my opinion, I didn't even deserve to be part of society anymore. I felt like the scum of all scum. What I had been reading and what God was showing me, I could easily apply to any other person, just not to myself. I remained in doubt. My vow to never forgive myself was hindering my walk and keeping me from the very thing I wanted most, to be closer to God. He is gracious and continue to renew my mind as I read his word every day now. Unrailing the past. There was hatred and murder still in my heart. We had to go back and forth, deal with the issues, get to the root of all my anguish. This caused a life of fear to raise up, and I was so anxious to do it. Teenage years were a nightmare, day and night for me. One new school to the next, foster homes and group homes and fighting to survive, running away, sleeping in church doorways, hiding from people that wanted to put me back in my parents' house. I had so much unrest inside during these times, mostly what I felt was worthless and confused, rejected, and unwanted as a child. And this is what happened to me and the way I felt as I felt as an adult. This was a time of anorexia and bulimia for me in my life. And I only attempted to end my life several times. I had to forgive the foster parents that only adopted me to beat me. And I felt as if they were taking my life away from me slowly. For the lack of love in the homes that I was in, they used us to further their own gain. I was given drugs and allowed to drink at an early age. I was locked in basements in small areas and not fed sometimes. I was beaten and hit with hammers, vacuum cleaners, pots, pants. I carried the scars and the wounds today where I'm not right in my mind. I used to think that if I cried hard enough, I would just blip into space and disappear. Like Job, I cursed the day I was born. You could never at this point have convinced me there was any purpose for me to even be alive. No one cared about me. At the age of 16, the courts let me go. I was sent out, of my own, sent out on my own alone again. 
With God's love working in me now, I forgive them. All of the people in my life that I felt had let me down during these years and have hurt me through all my years through foster care. I spent hours in prayer to rend my heart to be able to forgive these people. I fasted. I kept seeking, but I was still afraid, so afraid all the time. I thought I might want to go back for revenge and hurt them. I would say, what is it? What do you want me to do, Lord? He replied, I want you to forgive your dad, your stepdad, that is, your mom, your stepmom, that is, and all the ones that hurt you. I was destroyed. I was raped. My insides was murdered. As I got older, I couldn't learn how to love because of the things that happened to me in my past. It was hard for me to care for anyone else and to love and to trust. And right to this day, I have feelings for people, but I'm scared to love which will not let me go and be able to love right. You can't be serious, I would tell myself. He doesn't deserve love, neither, neither does she. I died for them too, he said. That was the answer that came back to me from God. The nightmares that I had stopped when I was 14 years. Oh, began to come back again, and I cried all the time. Depression loomed over me and threatened me, and darkness covered me, a place I fought so hard to avoid. By the time in my life I was 38 years old and having nightmares still of my childhood, I felt like I was losing it. There was a battle going on inside of me, back and forth, that tortured and still tortured me. One part saying, just give up, this too hard, and the other saying, to go ahead on and finish the race because you can't stop here now. This is when it became evident that I had compromised and compartmentalized years of my life. The mental issues I referred to at the beginning of my story haunted me all the days of my life, and sometimes it haunts me now. But I have someone in my life that God put besides him to love me and to hold on to that is just like me. The person is so much like me that I just can't believe it. Wow, how you can have people that is just like you in your life and never know another person exists. Have you ever packed something away in a box and put it in the back of the attic and forgotten about it except you have a vague idea What's in there? Jesus wanted to go in the attic and open the boxes. My vague idea gave me a sheer terror. We had already opened the boxes of Patty and the teenage years of my life, the boxes of Trisha and her dead husband and aborted this aborted baby. But please, Lord, I can't open the boxes of little Patty. I have. I have. I just can't do it. There is no sugar coating it. I hated my stepdad. I lived in fear of this man. I hated my stepmother. I lived in fear of this woman. By the age of 13, I found myself standing over him while he slept, and I planned to kill him and her. That's when I left home, entering into foster care in the spring just before I turned 14 years old. Now my child, now any child that has been abused knows the pain and disgratification and the shame that is placed on him or her in their life. My instance of this wasn't any more painful than of another person who had to live through this and was robbed of their innocent life, especially sex life from them. What I think made it so much worse was the psychological warfare my dad engaged and day after day with me, year after year with me, and so did my mother. My mother engaged in sexual experiences with me. So I grew thinking in my mind, does everyone's mom and dad have sex with them? I couldn't get this out of my mind. This is a demon that many people live with today inside them, and you want to yell out and scream out and tell somebody about it. But you would, you would think in your life, they would think, oh, it's just your own perverse mind. Oh, you're just living in a mirror. Oh, you're just living in a shadow. My parents made it known that they never wanted me. I was the oops baby. 
I was the oops baby that they had adopted. They had adopted sisters, brothers, and they loved one boy. And that one boy was theirs, that they finally was able to have a child of their own, so they gave him everything. Instead, they got me, who was an oops child, that they decided that they decided that they would just take and mistreat. Instead, they got me, whom they decided they hated. They got another baby they adopted whom they named Patricia after my father's mentally retarded sister that hung herself in a straitjacket at age 16 years old. Of course, they referred to her as insane and made sure I knew that no one really liked her much either. My paternal grandparents in the adopted home had a kind word to say to me only until I was in my 20s. They never did, but when I was in my 20s, they had things kind to say to me. She was a scary step-grandmother that would drag me out from under the table by my legs, bite me and just had bites all over me like an animal. So I grew up not fitting in with anyone. I was not protected from my stepfather or my stepmother or my sisters because they hurt me. They hurt me very bad. They were much older, and I was born into a family that adopted me, and all they did was hurt me. As the memories floated backwards and forward in my life, I had to forgive each and every one of them, sometimes more than once because I wouldn't let go. Sometimes I wonder if I really forgave them. To say my dad was mean or neglectful would not really describe the situation. He was cruel, and I hated him, and I hated my mother. I do not remember him ever saying anything or any time that they loved me. I did things just for attention in my life, and I hurt a lot of people along the way. As I got older, I was even more cruel and cold-hearted. My stepdad should have taken his daughter out of the home. Instead, he would take them out in the woods at night, have sex with my stepsisters and rape me and my stepbrothers. He would drive for hours to remote locations by the river. He would take me out in my head. He would stick in the river till I was almost drowned and dead. <laughs> That's a shame. He would grab me by and speak to me and then toss me down like I was a rag doll and I had the bruises to show for it. He would call my name and refer to me as garbage boy. He should not hunt me in the forest, but he did. He would make me run and hunt me like an animal. And when he called me, he would beat me like a dog with a belt. I was traumatized so bad. He would make me eat off the floor like a dog. And my stepmother would just laugh. I laughed, I heard, and I hid my head today. He shouldn't have put me in the middle of a living room floor with his daughter in her underwear in front of me. At the ages of 5 and 12, this is what I had to go up against. And I had to fight off each and every one. My conscience is ruined to this day. There are a lot of things that my stepdad did do. I don't even care to talk about, and so did my stepmother. I think my dear daddy dear did nearly all of us that way, but I was the most abused. This isn't about the enemy can hurt people. This isn't about the enemy. This isn't about how the enemy can hurt people. We have all been hurt in some kind of way. I am making a point to how difficult it was for me to deal with this area of my life and why it was so cruelly done to me and I didn't deserve it. My stepmother was not blameless at all, but my stepfather hurt me a lot. My stepmother, her favorite was her biological daughter. How she used to tell me how she would nurse me back to health under a heat lamp because my real mother didn't want me else I wouldn't be there. I would have dirty diapers to change of other people's kids. Another lady would sneak me food that was a next door neighbor and candy. I was always locked in my room. She was the only one that would give me things 
And one day, the neighbor gave me a little white Bible and helped me write what I call what I call the Our Father Prayer. And it, which I was seven years old, that I started writing everything that I started from there that I can remember of abuse. This was all of the knowledge of God I had to get me through. It was my mustard seed of faith. God bless my grandma that I had. She was a step-grandma, but I think that she kind of cared for me a little bit. I couldn't understand what the Bible said, but I liked the pictures. And I carried that book through all the foster homes that I ever went to until they finally dismissed me and set me free. I still have this Bible today. Let me tell you about a transformation in my life. How does a person get past a lifetime of rejection and what I went through with? I wasn't imagining these things that happened to me. These things occurred. All of the drinking in our home, followed by violent outbursts of screaming and physical beatings, left me in a constant state of anxiety. These things today I get anxious with, but thank God for the person that God put in my life to help me through. I don't believe that I would have any sanity to this day if God didn't put the person in my life and sealed it. My life was full of despair. I was confused. I had no self-esteem. Not only was my body physically bruised, my soul was bruised as well. How could I believe that I was wanted by God when I just felt so unwanted? Not to mention the guilt and the shame that was so heavy on me. Sometimes I couldn't even breathe. I struggled with what I knew to be true. In my opinion, there was more evidence of evil than the good in the world that I grew up in. I couldn't even escape it in my adult life. So many times we place our earthly dads and moms in the same arena with the Heavenly Father. That is how we felt at the time that they were God. That left me feeling unconnected with God until I finally knew Him. I had to begin to trust the Lord to realize that He knows where my life is going. It isn't hard to believe that I had issues of trusting. When I started to look at who God says I am, then I could see a huge difference from my thinking, my way of thinking, that is. I went, went, I went a step further in my healing, and I drew off of what Daniel did as he repented for sins of Israel. I asked God to forgive all my generations before me and the abuse that went on and on and passed down and on and on in my life from my step-parents. This would stop with me when I allowed the Lord <coughs> to excess love in my heart. No more games pretending I was all right, just complete submission. He broke loose the walls of my anger and hatred, and he flooded me with forgiveness and love. As I look back to where I came from, and when I was given a new life from God, I see how for drugs and alcohols were replaced with a deep longing to know God. This is a gift. My self-hatred and grown cultivated through the years of abuse and rejection. I had pride. Proverbs say, first come pride, then shame. But my, I acknowledged my past, and I was rejected of my own self. It was a vicious circle. And now I have let go, and I have chosen God. And I have given my stepdad and stepmom and their children and everyone, and I know how to separate them all from sin. I have been saved one day at a time. You too will be a witness to the goodness of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. And this is from Dan, but I had to have my sister Patricia to help me write my testimony. Amen. Amen, Dan. And thank you, Patricia, for helping him write his story. Boy, is that heartfelt. Your testimony was long, and I'm sure you probably had a whole lot more that you could talk about. A lot of us experienced went through a lot of things that you have in life, and God, too, helped us through so many things that you have experienced. 
And God bless you, and I'm so glad that he helped you to overcome and he has conquered to destroy those demons that has tormented and hunting you. And sometimes it does follow us through our lives, even our saved lives. And that's so glad we have God to hold on to. I'm going to say God is good and we'll continue to pray for you. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to my husband right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a powerful, powerful, powerful testimony there. I mean, she gave some some great points there. And she tried, I mean, she struggled. She struggled. And it is a wonderful thing when we get a chance to look back over. When we look back over and see, well, thus... It's a guy, uh, honey, his name Dan. Somebody, Patricia, wrote the testimony for him. Okay, Patricia wrote the testimony. When Dan get a chance to look back over his life and he could see the points where God was moving in his life, how God met him and met him in the points when he kept on running. Dan knew where he was kept on running. He knew when God was chastising him because of his running. He knew when he was turning his back on God. He knew when God was working on him. He knew when he was being disobedient. You see, it's one thing. We can fool our friends. We can fool our neighbors. We can fool even our spouses. But there's one thing we can't do can't fool God. See, we know when God is working on us. We know when there is a pricking of our hearts. And we can run as far as we want to go. And we can run as long as we want to. And we can run as hard as we want to run. But we know when God is pricking our hearts. And we saw how long that young man was running. We saw the trials that he was going through. And we saw the tremendous love that God was taking his time and working with. right now. 
Lord, I know that you, Lord and Savior. And right now, Lord, 